Hello, Steve Vines. Good morning. Good morning, how are you? Well, I'm all right. I'm a little better than the... We, we, we can do a link, can't we, from that song? A little better than the Mass Transit Rail Corporation. Why? What's going on? Well, who knows? They certainly don't, that's for sure. So here we go, here <laughs> we go. I mean, this is a gift that never stops not giving. So uh, a, a few weeks ago, Apple Daily revealed that, that there was some serious problems with the platforms in the new rail link from Sha Tin in Hong Ham. And the MTR says, well, this is outrageous. We're going to sue them. I mean, how can they say this? I mean, you know, this is just, I mean, blah, 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 blah. somebody must be talking out. Well, now it turns out that actually absolutely true. So the MTRC, which is a fine body of persons, then goes, oh, yes, not our fault, Gov. That's the fault of the contractors. The, M- the, the MTR had a flat tyre. Well, this was, uh, of course, the boss of the MTR. We will come back to him in a moment. So the, their first response is, oh, yeah, that's the fault of the contractors. And the contractors bravely are saying, oh, no, 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 not us, not us, mate. It's the fault of the subcontractors. So you know, I read the news about this yesterday, Steve, on yeah. my telephone, and I got to about, I'm like, I know it's coming, here it comes, here it comes. Paragraph two. The word subcontractor yes, was yes, used. Yes. I personally think it's Mr. Wong in Wong Tai Sin who's responsible for no, this. No, his wife. Uh, it could be his wife. You're quite right there. I hadn't thought of that angle because he once worked for the MTR and had once been on a platform and anyway is the most junior person in the room. So it is him to blame. I mean, give me a break. I know. So, you know, <laughs> every day it's something new. So there's another one now, which is that, that because they were short of engineers, they have some internal exams. And the only way of making sure they've got enough engineers is to tell the engineers the answers before the exams begin. I mean, and on it goes. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a corporation which is supposed to be... Uh, oh, actually, it was privatised, of course. That was right. But it isn't. I mean, it's still 70% owned by the public. So it is a public corporation. Let's not, let's not play, play around with this. They're just dysfunctional, not fit for purpose. And um, when the people remember that the person who's in charge of it, who's like a sort of schoolboy who's, who's, who's going around, oh, I haven't got my homework, miss, because the dog ate it. And he's going, oh, well, the reason I, I make these comments is because I forgot to pray in the morning and it was hot weather. I mean, you're just thinking... Uh, that's Frederick Marr, in case anybody's forgotten who he is. In fact, in case anybody's forgotten who he is, let us remind the viewing... Um, I'll be over here, okay. the, the, ..the listener. This is the same Frederick Marr who who has a stellar re- record in, in uh, dog-eating his homework. Because when he was the um, Secretary for Financial Services, he blithely announced, this was in 2008, yeah. that, oh, I think we'll just take all the penny stocks off the, off the um, stock exchange. That will mean it will clean it up. The stock market went zunk and then zunk and zunk again because people went, hang on, you're going to delist? It was like a third of the stocks on the, on, on the exchange. People got very, very worried. And even he, at that time, he didn't use the dog at my homework excuse. He went, oh, gosh, oh, no, I, no, I'm really sorry. I didn't really know that people get upset by Promote that. Promote that man. And so he, he, he then had, um, he then had uh, an illness, so he was removed from his job. And there he is, back again at the MTR, telling us that, um, um, you know because it's a hot day and because he forgot to pray um the public have no right to know about these 
Because they're all divvies. And, yeah, they wouldn't, they, understand. they wouldn't understand it. And then he uses this marvellous image. He says, you know, it's like when you open a restaurant and it's got all these teething troubles and all these bad things happen. Well, you would want to advertise it. I'm thinking, yeah. That's brilliant, You've though. got a point there. That You've got a real brilliant. point. Because, of course, the, the mass transit railway is exactly the same as a privately owned restaurant. There's no difference between those two. Mm. So, you know... Let's just take that, 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 that imagery a bit further. Say you had a restaurant that had food poisoning problems and you didn't tell the public about it. According to Mr. Marr, that's all right. That's fine. As long as eventually, you know, the food poisoning sort of goes away. Um, After everybody's ex- cut. Except it. <laughs> for with, with the MTR, nothing actually goes away. It's just a new problem. Gets So you've got... Let, let's stack up where we are. We've got the problem with this grossly delayed and over-budget link between Shartin and Admiralty. That's where these this platforming problems occur um, in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. You've, of course, got the even bigger cock-up of the express rail, you know, where... I don't know where we are with that. I mean, you know, how much will the tickets be? Who's going to sell the tickets? Um, why did they lie about how long it would take to go from A to B, you know, sort of forgetting that in between A to B there were stations so the train would have to A1, stop? A1, A2, yes. A3. I mean, you know, I mean, it goes on and on and on. It, as I say, it, it's the gift that never stops giving. So you open up a newspaper practically every day now Mm. And there's the MTRC with some new, we forgot to tell you, oh, we didn't want to tell you, oh, it's none of your business, oh, well, yes, it's only a small problem, but most of all, it's not our fault, it's the other bloke. Well, here's how it works, boys. When you run a major public corporation, the buck stops there. The fact that you've got subcontractors carrying out the work for you, the reason you have all those blokes with clipboards is they're supposed to be checking if they're not on the job you have a problem you have a very very big problem this comes back to a massive humongoloid (laughs) bete noir which is tendering well i don't oh yes well you pay peanuts you do get monkeys well no i think that i i don't disagree with you but also it's this this sheer absence of responsibility i mean it's it's quite reasonable that the MTR doesn't build its own, you know, its own network. You, you, you subcontract out. But the reason they have such a massive number of people, remember, this is not a sort of tiny little company in, 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 in a shed in Tin Soi Wai. This is a very, very big corporation which employs loads and loads of engineers, loads and loads of technical people whose job is to check stuff, whose job is to maintain proper monitoring you don't of ag- works. You don't, ag- you don't agree. I'm, I'm, I'm curious because, you know... Well, the tendering, the problem with tendering is that... that this is massive. That, that, that they ask the, 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 they ask the subcontractors or, or the main contractor, whoever it is, to provide um, services and goods at unrealistic prices within an unrealistic time frame. And the people who are tendering for these contracts go along with it because they know they're dealing with a bunch of patsies who, once they've been awarded the tender, they can come back to them going, well, you know you said that you wanted that done in two years. We all know that wasn't realistic. And they'll go, yeah, I suppose it wasn't really. So shall we make that three years? Oh, and by the way, an extra hundred million. Well, yeah, that's Oh, yeah, right. but then there are the guys, Steve, who say, yes, we can do that, and they get the gig. No, that's what I'm saying. So they've got the gig on the basis of the two years, 
and say it's i mean it's public money so we'll say it's a billion and then when they actually get onto it they go well no a billion's not quite going to do it i mean not if you want steel on the rails i mean you know that we could get, do some plastic rails for, for for that so so as it rolls out after the the wonderful tendering process with with documents more than a paper shredder has ever seen in its life um they can't do it they they they're unrealistic targets they're unrealistic prices and they don't put in place the monitoring systems that are required. So, I mean, there's not a level of this that's actually working at the moment. So they could, in theory, blame the contractor and the subcontractor, bearing in mind what you've just said, because they say, you assured us that you could flip back somersaults in a nanosecond, yeah. and you haven't, so and it's you, your fault. Yes, yes, that's how it works. That's how it works. But the, the, the way that the, the system works is that... that Everybody knows that these targets that they set are unrealistic, including the people setting the targets. And they know that they can announce at the beginning of the project, we are going to build the, the shot into Admiralty Link, you know, within the next four years, within budget, and the budget is going to be three and sixpence. And they know perfectly well what All will right. happen is that it won't take four years and the, and the budget is not three and sixpence. Let's take it a bit further then. So... Joe Professional Company will say that's stupid. We couldn't possibly do that with our hands on our hearts. And then the guys that they you're talking the about, tender. they will take the tender and they'll do it. And also, and they'll come back for more. That's the big thing. What if you've got? What if you've got in mind a company that you'd rather like to do this, but you can't just offer them the gig? You fashion the tender in such a way that your brother-in-law, I mean, the company you're talking about, gets the gig. I, I, I don't think that's entirely Thursday. fair. On some occasions, it's the sister-in-laws. Family, so not just brother-in-laws. Can we just make this an equal opportunity program? But 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 the point being, <laughs> yeah, um, I think we are agreeing with each other here. That I think that tendering thing is we, we can probably go, that probably possibly. No, I think it starts. No, obviously it. it starts with that. I mean, the system is not right, and I mean, what's so depressing now? Is it's bad enough that the buck stops nowhere at the MTR? You know, the person <laughs> That's good. who. Well, it's just a fact. It stops bit nowhere. Like the, bit like the trains. It's just well, the trains don't start, so <laughs> oh. <laughs> there ain't no problem with those trains. They ain't even got on the rails yet. Oh, and if they fall off the rails, as they have been on the express rail, well, the public's got no right to hear about it because they wouldn't understand. Nobody, you and me, it's above our pay grade to know what happens when a plane train falls off the rail. But just coming back to um, monitoring. What's really depressing now is one of the functions of the Legislative Council is supposed to be the monitoring of these big public works projects. And under the current disposition of the Council, mm -hmm. the, the, the President, um, the very wonderful, um, and I can't even remember his name, I believe he's Mr Learn, um, takes the view that councillors should not be taking up council time monitoring government projects because they've got really important things to do which in his mind is authorizing expenditure for the project not monitoring them so the people who are in charge of the mtr are passing the buck and they say oh well monitoring yeah yeah but it's all very difficult and anyway you know it's it's hot so you know we can't do it the 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 legislators who are charged under law incidentally with, with, with providing monitoring are now being told by the president of the of the legislative council that this all takes up too much time and they're asking too many questions and they're wasting time 
at the moment, you know, there's this bill going through about the the, the, the um, express rail, but you know, he doesn't want many questions because otherwise the bill won't be passed, etc., etc. Yes, yes, basically, yes. Good point. Um, and it's very so. bad timing, all in all, because these whole things, Joe, the public is going to see this as one big thing, isn't yeah. it? Even though I suppose technically it's not. Well, I think, I mean, the, the point about the express rail is it is now becoming increasingly clear that this is a phenomenal waste of money. I mean, phenomenal waste of money. And it is not going to be able to provide what it says on the tin. It will not be an express rail. I mean, an express rail only works if it gets you from A to B. But B has to be where you want to go. Now, this express rail takes you to a part of Guangzhou where you don't want to go. And that will account for 90% of the customers using using the railway. If they perhaps want to go to Shanghai, yes, there will be a connection to Shanghai. That's good. Of course, whether they can get a ticket in Hong Kong to do that, that remains that, to be seen. I mean, it's not even what a will joke. be the price of the ticket? That remains to be seen. That single thing could screw the whole operation. I that I, single single piece think, of software I on your think, phone. I or think whatever. what you will find is that people like me who, who who live in the new territories will continue to use the old service because it's far easier to go to Lo Wu get. Cross, cross over the border, get a very cheap train from Shenzhen to, to Guangzhou and Bob's your uncle. And incidentally, they run all the time. I mean, I think it's something like every 20 minutes. So, you know, why would I traipse all the way down to the new mega station with, you know, dubious customs arrangements when there's a simple way of doing this? So let's see how much money is thrown, poured and flushed down the... What's it? Um, on this project before somebody finally says enough the other the other unfortunate thing is when stuff like this happens on any project it's really unfortunate but this is one to do with essentially us going on a thing that takes us somewhere so whenever people think their safety is i mean people get very jittery very easily in hong kong so whenever they think their safety is at stake they will avoid it like the plague according to the chairman of the mtr they have no right to think about these things He's, 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 he's already said, you know, it's like if you go to a restaurant that has food poisoning, it's better for the customer not to know. Yeah, I, 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 miss, I miss that I bit. S- well, well, he used this analogy of, you know, it's like a restaurant opening where they've got all these problems. And I'm saying yeah. usually those problems are to do with food safety. So I actually think customers do have a right to know that sort of thing. I think being very glib about it, unless he wasn't being glib, Steve. Well, I don't know what he was. I mean, let's put it this way. Frederick Marr does not have a, a, a stellar track record for handling uh, his responsibilities. I'm trying to think of a polite way to put this. But the problem is, and he's a prime example of this, yeah. is that the pool that they take, the people who, who run seamlessly from government into quasi-government organisations into government-owned corporations, the pool of people who are chosen to do these leadership roles is tiny and it doesn't include the brightest and the best Mm. it includes the most politically reliable and the dumbest we'll be back after the news if you want to get in touch morningbrew at rthk.hk i think you've pretty much exhausted this one from your end i think here at least for this week (laughs) (laughs) in with steve vines let's see what chris said i think it was steve i think it was like a little coda to what we were talking about steve says uh chris says good morning i see frederick mars at it again statements yesterday the transparency one of the MTR's priorities, with no mention that this directly contradicts what he said last week. Well, I guess... You <laughs> s- yeah, thanks, Chris. But what can I, what can well, I what say? What can you say? Yes, yes. I think, shall we give the MTR a rest now? It's yeah. probably, you know... 
it's not going to arrive on time, so there's no point saying it again. I was just looking through our RTHK news stories, and, you know, we were like, what can we have a look at? Yeah. I mean, it's 60% something to do with something railways, railways today. Yeah. So. yeah. Anyway, all yours. Well, the the other thing which, um, talking of the public service, is I, I, I really don't understand, and maybe I'm being naive, why the police have to spend so much time and give so much publicity to their assessment of how many people turned out at the June, 4, June the 4th commemoration uh, rally, which, strangely enough... Any occurred rally, on, or, or any rally, you're right, any rally for that matter. I mean, what's that got to do with policing? This is retrospectively. I mean, after the numbers are in, there's no policing to be done. It's done. I suppose now, they have to do this internally... But they just choose to share it with us. But why? Because they want to deploy here and work out no, what no, the but potential the point, there but, but, is. But the point is that, that it's too late by then. They, they, you can't deploy, um, you know, your 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 finest no, but then after they, the rallies. Yeah, but of, then they add up what they've done. Through, I mean, it looks like we've got, you know, 65 bad boys over here. So let's bring out seven, you know, PTU that, platoons That would be the logic of it. I mean, if, if it is for the purposes of determining how many officers they need for any particular event. How much mace. How much mace. You know. um, whether they can bring in their shiny new... Remember the new vehicles, the new anti-riot vehicles, the first of which has now arrived in the, the bacon, SAR. Bacon we're, blaster. We're very, very excited by that. That will be able to... Um, change things civilization as we know it but let's stay sensible here i'm thinking let's it's, say sensible. It, it's but, but all i'm saying is why are they so keen to publicize these figures other than for political reasons and i think this is the problem so the police for example said um last monday that that only seventeen thousand people turned up the organizers said it was one hundred and fifteen thousand. there's quite a big gap between those two numbers really is, um i heard some academic pontificating on this very radio station about well it could be this it could be that and then he sort of let the cat out of the bag is well of course i wasn't actually there but you know and i'm thinking well shut <laughs> what do you know then <laughs> good evening sir anyway but but um i was there i happened to think that the 115 thousand figure was probably too high but how do you but i don't actually know i mean i've been to this. i've been to a lot of rallies in my time and i get some idea of what they are but i i honestly don't know is the is the bottom line yeah and i haven't quite a lot of confidence that the cops don't know you know what made me and laugh the, and the rally organizers you understand why they want big figures because you know they're making political points so yeah. the question is do the police have to be making a political point because that actually is not their job their job is law and order I couldn't help having these weird sort of images of, you know, the facial recognition stuff. Just send the facial recognition it, machine in it, the future. It, well, I don't joke about that. I, I can see Minority that may well be coming. Report. But there is another s serious aspect of, of this year's commemorations. I mean, all these dimwit student unions and various localist groups saying, oh, we're, we, we can't go to this thing because it's, 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 it's not well, our responsibility. Well, they are allowed to say that, see? No, no, no they are the allowed. I just, but I'm allowed to say they're dimwits, and that's what no, I'm going yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think they're dimwits because their argument is, you know, oh, well, our priority is Hong Kong. It's not our responsibility to um, commemorate what happened over the border, you know. I mean, I think even the most stupid localist must understand 
whether they like it or not, that the fate of Hong Kong and the fate of the mainland are linked. And it's about people who, who died. And it's about people who died, and it's about people who died in a cause which they actually support. And they're not like... At the hands the, of their own authorities. Yeah, they're not like the, the, the massacre deniers of whom there are, seem to be a growing number. No, no, they understand that it happened, they understand it was very bad, and they understand that these people are on the right side of history. But having understood all of it, they go, well, it's none of our business to get out on the, you know, in the parks or on the streets but is and, it? and commemorate them. Let's well, take that point for a second. Well, I think the point is this, is that if you believe, as most of the people who were there do believe, that Hong Kong, number one, is part of China, that's bit difficult for the uh, comrades to work, get their heads around because they accuse all people who go to this of being independence advocates but no most of those people do understand that Hong Kong is part of China and the fate of Hong Kong can only be determined by what happens by the on way the Steve there are tons of foreigners I remember Harvey Stockwell used to go there religiously for years and years well when you say foreigners I mean the Hong Kong like, residents no I mean like yeah. us people people who haven't yeah. who, who on paper hadn't anything invested in June 1989, well, but they, they still go. about Hong Kong. So, so you can't, what I'm trying to say is, Big Brother can't really point the finger and say, all these splittists, there are people from all over well, the world. Well, that's right, there's a very wide thing. variety of people who go, but, but I think the one thing that they share is they have a strong commitment to Hong Kong. Sure. I think that's the big point. Sure, sure. And the um, people who, who made a point of not turning up, it's an individual decision whether you want to turn up or not, I understand that, but actually to go out there and proudly Declaim that you're not going to be there because you've got better things to do. Well, where's your heart? That's well, what. It, that's my, what it, my view is. It's it not prompts. a binary choice anyway. Okay. There are many things you can do which relate to improving matters in Hong Kong. They say their priority is to make sure that you don't have draconian anti-subversion laws here. Well, I actually agree. I think that is an enormous priority, but it doesn't mean you can't also do. The other stuff. I mean, mm. this is to me, which what's so balmy about these people. I, I think there's brain on holiday syndrome going going on among some of them. I know some of them go, "Oh well, I wasn't born at the time," and well, which God. is fair. Well, it's sort of fair. I'm trying but, to, but, but, you know, you know that's, you, you, I think you're being excessively fair. It's like saying, "Oh well, we don't need to worry about the Second World War. I wasn't born no, during I that," but yeah. I'm kind of understand that it was a cataclysmic event yeah and it did change history and i didn't need to be there to um you know to, so to be worried you, about it and incidentally to be worried about the forces of totalitarianism that caused that war in the first place is their logic a bit weird is it possibly that their logic is a bit weird in so much going this happened in beijing we think china is bad therefore it's nothing to do with us I know that's really skewed, that's, that's my point. That's what they're saying, yeah. I don't... I simply don't get it. I simply don't get it. I mean, you know, in a way, the reason why the demonstrations, the rallies, despite the police estimates, are so big here is because Hong Kong people understand that they have a responsibility to do something which nobody else in China can do without considerable risk mm. and without... Um, it being stamped out before it even begins. Let's go back. So to you know, Hong Kong is a sort of proxy yeah. for people in China who also want to commemorate this, but are unable to do it. Let's go back to your original thing about counting the number of people. The more we talk about this, <coughs> the more I'm interested in the sort of demographic. Like I was saying, it's all sorts of people. It's foreigners. And it's, and it's, it's, and it's also very. I mean, that's I'm, more interesting. I, I was there on Monday and. 
you look around the crowd, it is one of the most mixed crowds I've seen at exactly. any public it's event. It's not all a bunch of splittists no, from Hong also, Kong. It's also all ages. Exactly. Many, many um, parents bring their children. I saw many really very elderly people there. Mm. Um, I saw quite a lot. I mean, despite the fact that these... Uh, these so-called youth groups uh, say they represent youth. I saw quite a lot of young people there. There were, in fact, non-Chinese there. There were Chinese there, etc., etc. Everybody, basically. there. And, and, and the interesting thing is that people are there in, in a very kind of solemn way. I'm not saying they, they were all moping around, but, I mean, people do take it very seriously. And, you know, the, the, they must have agonies out there in, in Western trying to work out what's going on because they sing patriotic songs. Yeah. The main songs being sold were, sung rather were Chinese patriotic songs. They, they follow Chinese morning rites and they're going, oh, these people, you know, they're against China. Oh, it's all got to be confused, hasn't it? But you know, about, this is very worrying. This isn't quite according to the script that you're writing. You know what, though? In the light of lots of things that have been happening recently, really not very nice things and things we've never seen before, it's all going in one direction, which could be very interesting, which is July the 1st. Yes. Well, um, as we see, not, not, not just this July the 1st, but I mean... No, 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 it, this July the 1st, well, specifically. I wonder what will happen. You're quite right. Do you know what I mean? What will happen there, there are things buzzing around about this, and I hope they're totally wrong. Well, one thing that everybody is waiting for is whether Carrie Lam will do what she says she won't do, and she has quite a track record for doing what she says she won't do. She says that... The introduction of this Article 23 anti-subversion legislation is not a priority. So if she takes it into her head to introduce some very draconian legislation before July the 1st, I think she's going to get a very big response. The idea mm -hmm. that, that um, somehow people will say, oh, well, you know, it's been dragging on, we'll accept it. I don't actually think that's going to happen. See, you think very differently to perhaps the guys in Beijing. You remember that whole thing about the white paper that came out just before July the 1st? No, no, they're very keen. They're the idea upstairs to is yes. to, we're going to make a point this way. We're going to yes. hit them where it hurt, hurts well, on a big day. They see it through that totalitarian spectrum, which is... You know, we don't. We're not interested whether people want this, don't want it. We're interested in making sure that they get it. And we're going to do it on a day or a time of in, of the, our in the calendar. No, when when it's going to be spotlight splash on the thing. And you're saying perhaps she better not do it before then, otherwise there'll be a reaction. So you see two sides well, of the. I, I assume, and obviously I don't know because I'm not privy to it, and very very few people are privy to it. There is a discussion going on between the Hong Kong authorities and the central government authorities on this and one hopes but you know with a sort of nah, dying hope yeah. that the hong kong government has the wherewithal has the you know cojones to stand up to them and say you know this isn't a good idea i know you want it but this isn't a good idea now do they have that i rather doubt it yeah but I mean, there is an active dialogue. I don't think anybody can be in any under, uh, under any illusion about that. I think these next few weeks are going to be very interesting. And that's putting it super mildly. Well, they, they will be, you know, this curse of living in interesting times. But, of course, it's not just in Hong Kong that we live in interesting times. I, I'm really struck by what's been happening in the States. The fallout over the Roseanne Bar's racist, you know, torrent on... I think she was on, probably... On, Twitter. Well, 
She she has she has form on these racist torrents. She's not. She's not the only is one. Is she's she? not late, the only late one. night tweeting. Yeah, I was going to say there's there's a bloke in the White House who who seems to think that she's the cat's whiskers. But I mean, what what interests me in all of this is the speed with which Disney, which owns the ABC Channel, which um, took off her show in the wake of this, the speed with which they responded. Because I think now the tide really has turned, and very big businesses understand that not only is racism objectionable, which... You know, it's also human nature, unfortunately. Well, but I was going to say, but it also has a cost to business. Yeah. So, you know, you saw what happened in Starbucks when, you know, you had a manager chucking out two black people on the grounds that, oh, that's right, they were black. Yeah. <laughs> you can't really dress that one up, <laughs> yeah, can you? Yeah, well, how, how's that work? Yeah, they, they had to shut down their stores for a day for re-education. So I think it's good that they pay a price for this. I think it's a good thing.